May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Hey everyone, I'm Joe Grapes. I'm one of the pastors here at Central City Church and I'm excited to have you join us for our daily readings. It's Monday, March 23rd. Good to have you back. This is our second week of daily readings uh, as we are working our way towards Easter. This last Sunday, uh, we just, uh, just yesterday, had our first uh, online live service uh, during this time. Um, it, uh, I just want to give a, a special thanks to the volunteers and staff who, uh, who made that happen. Um, uh, and there's a lot of details that were happening behind the scenes in order for it to work out. And so just really grateful to them. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think. Uh, if, if you have any feedback, you can let us know at info at centralcity.co. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, we'll probably be, uh, the current plan is to do pretty much the same thing this week. Um, that can always change, but we'll be sure to let you know. Either way, it'll be on our website, centralcity.co or live.centralcity.co. So expect something similar. Invite your friends. Um, uh, we'll, we'll have all the bugs out uh, this coming week. And so be sure to check it out. Today, our daily greetings is going to be extra special. We have our friend Michael Neal, who's a part of our community, the Neals. Um, part of our community and serve in a variety of ways, uh, has uh, agreed to share some thoughts. And so he has a few uh, readings uh, that he's going to share with you, and I know that you're going to be just absolutely touched by that. So Michael uh, recorded this at home, sent it to me. Friends, if you would be willing or interested in, in sharing a thought, a prayer, a scripture reading, a reflection, or any, any, any combination of that, um, it's really easy to do at home. You can do it on almost any smartphone. Uh, we'd love to hear the different voices of our community on this daily reading. So please let me know. Uh, uh, and with that said, here is Michael Neal. Hi everyone, this is Michael Neal. I'm Mary Lauren's husband and Eliza and Emmy's dad. I hope everyone listening to this is safe and healthy. I hope you're finding lots of things to smile about and creative ways to take steps that keep you supported and plugged in. We're sending lots of love to each of you during this unusual time. Unusual time is uh, what struck me as I put this little reflection together. Uh, I'm gonna do a few readings. And I chose each in light of my sense that this is a very unusual time for all of us. And there's many questions about what life looks like, at least for the foreseeable future. The first reading I chose is Psalm 46. This is a psalm that's been a great comfort to me throughout my life. Um, I like it because it, there's an acknowledgement of uh, confusion in the day-to-day -day life, uh, as well as an invitation to a deeper stillness and peace. A reading from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, 
though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. The second reading is uh, a portion of a prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples in, uh, recorded in John 17. The language, I think, is a little cumbersome, so I'm going to read it from the uh, message translation. And note the emphasis in the prayer that the disciples will be both thoroughly in the world while also set apart for God's use. So a reading from the gospel, John 17, 13 through 19. Now I'm returning to you. I'm saying these things in the world's hearing so my people can experience my joy completed in them. I gave them your word. The godless world hated them because of it, because they didn't join the ways of the world just as I didn't join the world's ways. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from the evil one. They are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Make them holy, consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sakes, so they'll be truth consecrated in their mission. The third reading is not a scripture reading, but related to the passage from John 17 that I just read. This is a portion of a letter that uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote while he was in prison by the Nazis. Um, he's reflecting on what it means to be in the world while also set apart for God's use. The timing of this, obviously, um, his writing of this um, in while he's in a Nazi prison is... Uh, is obviously worth consideration. During the last year or so, I've come to know and understand more and more the profound this-worldliness of Christianity. The Christian is not homo-religious, but simply a human being, as Jesus was human, in contrast, shall we say, to John the Baptist. I don't mean the shallow and banal this-worldliness of the enlightened, the busy, the comfortable, or the lascivious, but the profound this-worldliness characterized by discipline and the constant knowledge of death and resurrection. 
I remember a conversation I had in America 13 years ago with a young French pastor. We were asking ourselves quite simply what we wanted to do with our lives. He said he would like to become a saint. At that time, I was very impressed, but I disagreed with him and said, in effect, that I should like to learn to have faith. For a long time, I didn't realize the depth of the contrast. I thought I could acquire faith by trying to live a holy life or something like that. I suppose I wrote the cost of discipleship as an end in that path. Today, I can see the dangers of that book, though I still stand by what I wrote. I discovered later, and I'm still discovering right up to this moment, that it is only by living completely in this world that one learns to have faith. One must completely abandon any attempt to make something of oneself, whether it be a saint or a converted sinner, a churchman, a righteous person or unrighteous, a sick or a healthy one. By this worldliness, I mean living unreservedly in life's duties, problems, successes and failures, experiences and perplexities. In doing so, we throw ourselves completely into the arms of God, taking seriously not our own sufferings, but those of God in the world, watching with Christ in Gethsemane. That, I think, is faith. That is metanoia. And that is how one becomes a human being and a Christian. How can success make us arrogant or failure lead us astray when we share in God's suffering through a life of this kind? May God in his mercy lead us through these times, but above all, may he lead us to himself. In closing, I want to read from a book of prayers and poems by Father John O'Donohue in a book called To Bless the Space Between Us. The prayer is on page 119 and is titled For the Interim Time. When near the end of the day, life has drained out of light, and it is too soon for the mind of night to have darkened things. No place looks like itself. Loss of outline makes everything look strangely in between, unsure of what has been or what might come. In this wan light, even trees seem groundless. In a, in a while, it will be night, but nothing here seems to believe the relief of dark. You are in this time of the interim, where everything seems withheld. The path you took to get here has washed out. The way forward is still concealed from you. The old is not old enough to have died away. The new is still too young to be born. You cannot lay claim to anything in this place of dusk. Your eyes are blurred, and there is no mirror. Everyone else has lost sight of your heart, and you can see nowhere to put your trust. You know you have to make your own way through. As far as you can, hold your confidence. Do not allow your confusion to squander this call which is loosening your roots in false ground, that you might come free from all you have outgrown. What is being transfigured here is your mind, and it is difficult and slow to become new. The more faithfully you can endure here, the more refined your heart will become. 
for your arrival in the new dawn. I hope you are well, sending all the love the Neils have to offer. Huge shout out to Michael Neal. So grateful for him to come and share with us his thoughts. I'm a, especially a fan of Dijek Bonhoeffer, so I, I really appreciate that. And, and and I wonder if it's not worth spending some time thinking today, what is it in our life that is just slow to change? Um, God is in the process of making us new. Sometimes the hardness of, of, of this world and the soft fragileness of, of humanity um, is is the is the the clay that God uses to make us new, and it's it's hard. It sometimes it takes a while, but where where is God making you new, uh, preparing you for that new world? Let's spend some time and think about that today. Friends, thanks for joining us for our daily reading. You can find the readings and more by going to centralcity.co slash readings. Now, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.